Hey guys, so today you and I are going to talk about red flags. So let's get into it. So the question in question was nice explanation, Frederick. So this was posted on a video that I made, which is called "What Red Flag? What are red flags that a company has a bad engineering culture?" I want to ask you this: How about a lack of freedom or choice? Up to some degree of choosing how to implement a solution. This could be seen from what kind of plat what? this could be seen from what kind of platform engineering setup they have, I guess. What do you think? So uh, the way I interpret this question is basically like uh, is a freedom is a lack of choice in your own work process as a software developer a red flag that a company has bad engineering uh, practices. Uh, I'm going to surprise the vast majority of you maybe and say no, it's not a, ra a red flag. It can be a red flag, but it's uh, in my perspective a, a it's a bigger thing then do you have choice or don't you have a choice? And this is where I'm going to be brutally honest with you and say that the vast majority of software developers are incompetent to the point where they are unable to make mature good decisions on behalf of an IT company. And that doesn't mean that they're not good at what they do. Uh, what that means is that they are incapable of thinking and see, uh, thinking about and seeing a larger picture than their own workflow. And these people should at no point ever be allowed to make any type of technical decisions on behalf of the company because they will fuck the code base up beyond all recognition. And a company who has understood this will adopt practices to stop this sort of behavior. Now here's the key though. How do you fix this? Well, there are a few ways uh, and the way the, the, this is where I go and I go and say basically that this is a double-edged sword because on the one side, if you try to control everything about what the software developers are doing, they're gonna hate you for it. And if you don't do it well, they're gonna, the system is still going to be shit, or like the codebase is going to be shit. On the other hand, if you let them do whatever they want, uh, they're going to fuck the codebase up. Because you simply cannot, especially in the larger companies, there's no way for you to maintain a quality codebase over across like multiple teams and so forth. Uh, there is a pattern that I personally condone, which is, it's actually funny because it is the pattern that Google uses as well uh, and other projects uh, as well, other companies as well, and that is the monorepo. Now you might ask, like, you can go on Google like what a monorepo is and all that good stuff. And there are there are pros and there are cons with monorepos. There are some really serious cons, but one of the things, and that, that's one of the reasons uh, among many that uh, Google does actually use this setup, is that it makes it possible for you to enforce a consistent code quality across the company. That is practically impossible if you have multiple repositories all across the place. It's really hard, and especially in the large companies where they have many different type of, types of projects. Some stuff has been made in-house and some stuff is done by consultants and like all of this stuff. And this is like this is something that I work with uh, as an example uh, at my job, where I basically take care, uh, well, one of the things, well, one of my responsibilities is to take 
code written by external consultants who couldn't give a shit basically in some cases about like what's the vision of the company and make sure that they are like make basically convert that into something that is usable for more than two months that's like that's what scalability is is about at the larger companies usually so having someone tell you that no you are not allowed to use framework a or framework b or like well you have to use this thing is not actually an indicator necessarily that they have a bad culture the best indicator in my opinion is to ask the question based on the state of the code and the overall strategy how are things going that is the best thing so what that basically means is that if you have let's say for the sake of argument now a very strict work process where they've standardized all the tools and you have very strict processes or so then you there's always a range but let's just say that you're on that the, the far right side here everything is like really really rigorous and strict and so forth uh, and you are delivering and like the code is of a good quality and there are tests and like you know people are kind of happy like with delivery speed and all that stuff then the thing is working then usually the way I the, when I see this happen it's due to the fact that you have one architect or a few architects so you have senior software developers or people who are basically just better at this craft than the vast majority of the other people working in the company who they they are controlling the system and for a very good reason because they know this stuff better than you who is a junior software developer or you who is a mid-level or whatever i know that's not everything uh, something that people want to hear especially when they think they're really good but facts are facts some people are better at this stuff than other people and pretending like all software developers are e is equal is just ignorant but if on the other hand things are not looking so good and things are not going in the right direction and you have this setup well then it's probably because you actually put the wrong software developers or the wrong architect and this happens oh god it happens it has ha there are some horror stories on this topic where you put an incompetent like an incompetent uh, architect or software developer at this level of power where they have basically full say over how everybody else does their job and they fuck the company up to the point where it's like it's not even funny how bad, badly these sorts of things can go. And so that's the indicator that is best for you to use. Don't look at someone who's saying use A, B, and C, uh, that, 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 that there's a problem with being very opinionated about the tool stack. Look at what are the results what's actually being delivered. That is the thing that is gonna determine everything. And if you say, let's say for the sake of argument, you're on the far left here and you say, everybody can, can do whatever they, they want. I have never, I mean, I'm not saying that it cannot work in theory, but I've never seen that work uh, at any company ever. I've never seen a company that didn't like have their code base basically fall to shit pretty much uh, within the few years when having that strategy it's actually one of the biggest backtracks on the microservices architecture because in the beginning one of the selling points for microservices was that people were saying that well you have these distributed systems and oh the best part is that everybody can pick their own stack and yet that sounds awesome until you realize that when you have 13 different languages and code bases that are in vastly different levels of quality because everybody's just joloing everything it's really hard to keep a consistently working system it's hard to maintain quality and reliability in such a world 
but the, on the other hand, like it can you can give some freedom, and that's always the tr that's the challenge. And this is why I argue that the only people who can do this is like the senior software developers, uh, and not just the seniors. They you have to be more than senior to do this well. You have to have a tech lead mindset be a senior software developer and have a tech lead mindset to get this right. If you're not both of these, you will fail at this. Uh, I don't care if you're an architect or whatever. It's a very special sort of person who is required to make this uh, to, to make the, this kind of work, if that makes sense. So what I want you to take away from this is that no, it's not a red flag if your company has a very strict policy on what tools you are allowed to use as part of their company. It's not necessarily. What you should measure is, all right, what is the policy around tooling and choices made within the company? Like how much autonomy do you have? How much is controlled, etc., etc. And what is the output of that? Because if you see that things are actually working, it's usually because the people who are making these sorts of decisions are good at what they do. A good example of a structure like this that has been working sort of is say the Linux Foundation and Linus Torvalds. Uh, or the TC39 standards and so forth, where you have a group of people. I mean, sure, you, you're trading some stuff here because they're basically, uh, you mean, you could move faster, but you don't want speed in these scenarios. You want really high quality output. And if that is what your goal is, it's much better to have a top-down architecture in terms of decision-making, where at the top you have the most experienced, best people you have on hand make decisions for everybody else, because that is going to guarantee consistency key mo key point here though it's going to be make things consistent that doesn't mean that it's going to be good and that's the hard, that's the double edged sword if you do the if you put the wrong people at the top everything uh, shit rolls downhill uh, but on the flip side if you let people do whatever they want uh, that's going to make a lot some people happy short term but it's not going to be sustainable uh, there is a very good reason why companies such as say google has a monorepo and that's a monorepo consistence of billions of lines of code uh, there is a cost to having that sort of architecture but the benefit is that they can control the quality of their software which is probably the most important thing when you get to a little bit of scale have a great day